So they arrested him and led him to the high priest's home, and Peter followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it, and Peter joined them there. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No, man, I'm not, Peter retorted. About an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them because he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard, weeping bitterly. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. And he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it, and some bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have some breakfast. And none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus had appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. 
Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the king of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciples whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper, and he said, Lord, who's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive I turn, I, until I return, this is what, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Then this this is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them was written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have rooms of the books that we were written. Fantastic. Now, this week at Boys Brigade and Girls Brigade, we challenged some of our sections to draw a picture of themselves. So if you've drawn a picture of yourselves, then if you could just stand up and turn around and show it to the congregation. Boys, do you want to show yours? You don't want to show them? You're being a bit hesitant today, aren't you, boys? Very good. Lovely. Well done. Okay, have a sit down. Uh, so, boys, you didn't show yours. Why is that? You, you're not happy with them. You don't think they're the best drawings? Well, I'll tell you what, today is a day of second chances. So if you're not happy with your drawing, or if you haven't done a drawing yet because you're not in the Boys or Girls Brigade, I've got over here some paper and some pens. So whilst I'm doing a little bit of a talk, you can come and I want you to draw a picture of yourself. And I've chosen pens because if you make a mistake, I want you to keep it in. Okay, so don't try and cross it out or start a new drawing. I want you to keep that mistake in. So, uh, over here, come up and grab some pens, guys. Uh, and whilst, whilst they're doing that, everybody else in the room, I want you to answer this question. Talk to the person next to you. If you could have lunch or dinner with any character in the Bible, who would it be? Now, you can't choose Jesus, because everyone chooses Jesus. Okay, so if you were going to have a... Uh, conversation, a dinner with someone from the Bible, turn to the person next to you, who would it be? Have a chat with each other, just for a minute. So you can take your paper back to, take your paper back to your chairs with some pens, you don't have to stay there. Okay, so let's have some answers. Uh, just shout names at me. Who would, who would we have dinner with? Martha. Martha. Lovely. Any other names? Peter. Peter. Thomas. Thomas. Who was that? Isaiah. Isaiah. Fantastic. Joseph. Joseph. Jonah. Jonah. Yeah. David. What was that one over there? Ruth. Ruth. Fantastic. It's really good. Uh, some, some great characters there. Now, this morning... I want to look at one of my favorite characters, the one I probably would have dinner with, um, because probably I relate to them. I feel like I relate to this character quite well. I feel like we're fairly similar people, uh, and that person is Peter, okay? Um, so 
Have we, got, have we got my slides or are they not working? We do. Okay, wonderful. Let's, let's shove that up. So just a little bit about Peter. Um, he's, he's incredibly passionate, passionate, okay, but he's also a little bit wacky, and sometimes he finds himself all over the place. Now, uh, this picture I wasn't actually planning on showing this morning, but whilst I was preparing my talk, one of my friends uh, put this up on Facebook, uh, and I was like, oh, that's, that, that kind of works for my talk. So this is a timeline of Peter in the Bible from the book of Matthew. Um, and it it's, it's basically goes from extremely positive to extremely negative. Uh, so if you look across, when it's going up and down, you'll see that sometimes Peter's positive, sometimes he's really great, sometimes he's absolutely terrible, sometimes he's in the middle, but he goes all over the place. And that's just in the book of Matthew. So he's a little bit wacky and a little bit all over the place. But when, but when we first meet Peter in the Bible, uh, he's out fishing. And he's out fishing on the Sea of Galilee, and he's been out all night, and he's not caught a thing. So, Jesus comes and he meets him, and they have a conversation, and Jesus says, hey, why don't you try this? Put your net in again. Yeah. And Peter's like, y you're joking. And he's like, no, put your, put your net in again. So he does, uh, and they pull out this huge amount of fish. And then Peter's called to be a fisher of man. He then leaves that enormous catch of fish, and he follows Jesus as one of the early disciples. That's the close friends and close followers of Jesus. So, He's left everything to go and follow Jesus. And there's, but there's loads of Peter's life that we could have looked at this morning. Uh, and there's moments where he shows amazing faith, where he walks on water, he gets out the boat, but then he gets scared and starts sinking. Um, but that's his life. It's, it's a bit up and down. Um, and he has moments where he says, oh, you are, you are my Messiah. And he says to Jesus, while I'm watching you, nothing bad is going to happen. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. And that's in eight verses. He's going from yes, yes, to get behind me, Satan. But actually, it's all a bit over the place. But today, I want to pick up this narrative um, in John chapter 18. And it's a parallel to the verse that Jane read for us from Luke today. Um, so just so to just set the tone for this, this verse, uh, Peter, uh, Jesus has just been arrested. Okay, So Jesus has just been arrested, and this is where... Peter comes in. And Jesus has already told Peter that he's going to deny him three times. I can't read that up there, so I'm going to read this one. So Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. Because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's court. But Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. You aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter. He replied, no, I am not. It was cold, and the servants and officials stood around a fire that they had made to keep warm. Peter was also standing with them, warming himself. So I want you to imagine with me for a moment what it was like in that courtyard. This, this man, their friends, their teacher, the man that they followed a Messiah for the past three years, was arrested. Chaos for them. Things turned upside down. They were, they were overwhelmed. They were afraid. Maybe they had questions. Maybe they had fear. And some following them, uh, here are some of the people that were following them. And because it was cold, they stood in front of a charcoal fire. And a bunch of people gathered around, keeping themselves warm. And in front of that fire, a question is asked of Peter. Are you one of the disciples? No. No was Peter's response. Three times he said, I don't know him. Three times I don't know who he is. I'm not one of his disciples. And there's a moment 
when the rooster, cr the rooster crows and Peter would have realized what he'd done. Oh my gosh, I've, I've messed up. I've betrayed him. What, what have I done? Now, in the UK, we get good weather maybe two out of 52 weeks of the year. Uh, and when we have those two weeks, every one of us collectively in the United Kingdom, barbecue. Sun's out, barbecue's out. That's every, every one of us, don't know what it is. Uh, now, I don't know if you've ever been in charge of the barbecue, or maybe you've just stood fairly close to it, but 100% guarantee whenever you've stood next to the grill, your clothes always smell of smoke. Now, it doesn't matter if you're close to the barbecue or if you're a little bit further away, you always walk away from the barbecue smelling of the fire. So, I want you to imagine with me again, Peter standing next to this charcoal fire, no, no sausages or anything like that. He's just standing next to this charcoal fire, warming himself up. He's just denied Jesus three times. The rooster has crowed. Jesus is taken away. His friend, his teacher, the one he's called Messiah, is no more. Peter walks back home, but his clothes, they still smell of charcoal. And every time he smells it, maybe every time he sees another fire, do you know what he's reminded of? I've messed up. Did you know that the smell is the biggest memory trigger of all the senses? If you think back to grandmother's cooking when you were younger, you can still smell it. Or if you smell it again while cooking, yeah, I remember that. But for Peter, this smell was always on him, this trigger for I've messed up. I told, him, I told them I didn't know him. I've let him down. I can't do this anymore. Now, we've had a tough year, a tough two years and maybe after all this time, you've walked in here this morning and you're thinking, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if my heart is in this anymore. Or maybe we're carrying something or we've gone through some hard things and you're feeling like, I don't know if I can do this. And maybe you've been reminded time and time and again of how inadequate or uncalled you are. And maybe for Peter, it was the same. The next couple of days as the crucifixion happens and everything he knew from life had been flipped upside down, he has this constant reminder, the smell of his clothes, a constant reminder of how much I've failed. So if you've been feeling like that, I want to tell you that we serve a Jesus who meets you where you are at. He meets, you, he meets us in our place of brokenness. He meets us in our place of shame. He meets us in place of our guilt. So where you think you've lost it is the place where Jesus meets us again. Now, Dave and Sam read for us a minute ago, John 21. When the power of hell is broken, Jesus has defeated death. He's risen from the grave, and he meets his disciples. And this is the third time that he appears to them. So, so it says, afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Where have we heard the Sea of Galilee in Peter's story already? When Jesus first met Peter, it was at the Sea of Galilee. Now, do you know what happens? I think the disciples, they, they'd just seen Jesus killed and crucified, their Messiah put to death. They didn't know what to think. So what had happened to their lives? They didn't know what was going on. So they went back to what they knew. So Peter goes back to the very thing that he'd left behind. He goes back fishing again. He was out all night, and he caught nothing. And then there's a voice in the distance that says, Fellas, have you caught anything? No, they answered. He throw, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, 
they were unable to haul the nets in because of the large number of fish. There was a miracle when Peter was called for the first time. The very same thing happens in the very very same same place. place. He gets called again. But not only that, Peter gets so excited that when he hears this, when he hears that it's Jesus on the shore, he jumps in and starts to swim to the shore. But then verse 9, what happens? When they landed, they saw saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. In front of one charcoal fire, Peter lost everything. In front of one charcoal fire, Peter messed up. In front of one fire, he's living forever with guilt and with shame of what he's done and maybe not feeling adequate at all. But you know what? In Jesus, in the goodness of his heart, it doesn't just call him like he did before. He could have just done the miracle at the Sea of Galilee in the same place, called him again. But no, Jesus puts another fire. Jesus builds another fire and has has another another conversation conversation with Peter. And you remember what that conversation is? He asks Peter, Simon, son of John, which was Simon Peter's other name, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he asks that question three times. In front of one charcoal fire, Peter denies and betrays Jesus three times. And in front of another one, Jesus invites him to say and says, do you love me more than anything else? In front of one fire, he lost it. He messed up. There was guilt, pain, shame. And in front of another, he's now called and commissioned, feed my sheep. Now, the reason that I say these two parallels together is this. I don't know where you're at this morning, but maybe there's part of you of parts of Peter's life that resonates with you. And these past, maybe you're thinking, the past two years have been tough for me. It's been tough for our church. Maybe I feel like I've messed up. I feel like I'm not engaged anymore. I feel like I'm carrying a lot. I feel like I'm living with a kind of smell of charcoal fire. A constant reminder why I can't do this. But I believe this morning that Jesus is building another fire for us. And we start like this. He says, come as you are. The invitation is nothing else. Just come as you are. It's a redeeming love to remind you that it's always about Jesus. We need to go back to the heart of loving Jesus. That's where we start. Forget about the church. It's about you. It's about your heart for Jesus. It's not about you feeling ready, pumped up, excited about church right now. Maybe some of you do, and that's amazing. And maybe some of us feel like, I don't know how to feel. But today, we are commissioned again to do life with Jesus and in turn further his kingdom. But today, we need to begin by looking at the one, the one who says, do you love me? The place of your pain, the place of your shame, the place of your guilt is the place of your commissioning. Jesus is the God of second chances. What was once the place of pain, the place of anxiety, the place of doubts, of fear, is now the place of assurance. But what happened to Peter after this story? When Acts chapter 2, the same Peter that messed up, stands up in front of a huge crowd, and with the power of the Holy Spirit, speaks a message that sees 3,000 people changed. Now Jesus asked three times, do you love me? And each time Peter's response was, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Now some of you may already know this, but... The first two times when Jesus says, do you love me, he's using the word agape. 
He's using that word, unconditional love. Do you unconditionally love me, Peter? But when Peter responds, he uses the word philia. I love you like a friend. I love you like a friend, Lord. But the third time when, Peter, when Jesus asked the question, do you love me? Jesus uses the word philia. Do you love me like a friend? And Peter, knowing he's still messing up, he responds, probably heartbroken and hurt, Lord, you know everything. I love you. But this time Peter's response isn't philia. It's not, Lord, I love you like a friend. It's agape. I unconditionally love you. What we've been through doesn't disqualify us from the love of God. What we've done doesn't stop us from having a second chance with Jesus. What we have today is an invitation to come and love Jesus once more. How are we getting on with the self-portraits, guys? Let's, let's show them, show them to the church. See, we're more confident now showing them, aren't we? Brilliant. So we've been given a second chance. And I've asked you to keep any mistakes in because we are going to make mistakes. Just like Peter did, we're going to mess up from time to time. But God, he says, come as you are, mistakes and all. Let's love each other once more. I'm going to invite the band back up. And as we play and as, as we sing this song, we, we're going to do a, a kind of prayer together. But I want to pray in a different way this morning. We're going to uh, pass round some charcoal uh, to the church. So the deacons who were on the chat uh, earlier last night when I, when I asked for some help, um, if you could come and help. So we're going to pass around some charcoal. And when it comes to you, we're going to pass one along the rows. And when it comes to you, I want you to smell it. And hopefully that will put a trigger in your brain. Now, if you've lost all sense of taste and smell, then please go home. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but this, seriously, um, smell, smell the charcoal, and hopefully that will get a trigger in your brain. So the next time we have a good weather and we have a barbecue and you smell that, you'll be reminded that Jesus loves you as you are. How many mistakes you've made doesn't matter. Jesus still loves you. So think about where you are at the moment with God. But more importantly, think about that new start that Jesus is offering us today to let go of where we've been and to step forward once more. There's no doubt that the charcoal is also going to leave some marks on your hands. So we're going to pass along some wipes uh, and some hand gel. And I want you to wipe your hands knowing that this is a new start. The slate is clean from where we are this morning to where we want to be. Hopefully this coal is going to leave that lasting impression on you. So stop, help you stop remembering the mistakes you've done, but actually that Jesus will always give us a second chance.